I want to know why do carrots grow underground and broccoli doesn't? Why do some birds migrate? Where do rainbows come from? Welcome to The Nature of Things, the series where we explore science and the natural world. My name is Colette and I'm your guide. In each episode, school children, just like you, ask a question and we find a grown-up scientist to help them find the answer. Why do we not take antibiotics when we have a cold? Why do some birds migrate? Why do birds smell bad? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) And today we have an interesting question about bird behaviour from the pupils of St. Nicholas Parochial School in Galway. My name is Matteo. My name is Martha. My name is Roy. And their question is... Why do birds migrate? Migration is a word you might not know yet. This is biologist Marie Ferg. She's going to help us figure out why some birds migrate, but also tell us what migration actually is. It basically just means changing your region or your environment for a different one. So moving from one place to another one. And Martha also has a very good theory about why birds migrate. Have you ever thought about how birds survive in the wild? How do they get the food they need? What do they do when it gets too cold? Well, birds cannot shop for their food or wear coats like we do, so they must migrate to meet their needs. There's a lot of really great stuff that you just found out. And you're absolutely right. Birds can't shop, meaning they don't have supermarkets where they just can go in and get all the foods that they want to eat. They actually rely on food being available in their environment. And that's one of the biggest reasons why birds migrate. They have to follow the food, more or less. And as you know, in wintertime, all of a sudden, there's a lot less bird food in nature. A lot of birds rely on mostly insect diets. And you probably know that in the wintertime you won't get bitten by mosquitoes because there are no mosquitoes around in the wintertime. So birds who might eat mosquitoes also can't find their food, which is very problematic for a bird. And some birds who also eat seeds or plants also have problems finding these types of foods. So some highly specialized birds mostly, and a lot of insect eaters, rely on following their food. And when we get colder climates here, they have to go to warmer climates where their food is still available and around. And that's why they migrate. Some of the Irish birds that migrate are, for example, geese, puffins, swallows, martins, swifts, terns and the cuckoo. Is there like a popular country that most birds fly to? If you focus on European birds, the most interesting or most popular migration area, you can't really pinpoint it to a country, is northern Africa, actually, because the climate there, when we have really cold climate, is mild and very pleasant for a lot of birds. And you have coastal areas, so for seabirds it's really nice, they can find their food, but also you have a lot of seed plants there, so for other birds that rely on insects and seeds, they can also find a lot of food there. 
but birds from Europe migrate as far as India sometimes. So some species fly all the way to India and back. And the furthest migration is the Arctic tern. It flies all the way from Northern Europe, all the way to Antarctica, all across along the African coast and then back. Now, if you remember the last time that you went for a very, very long walk or a very long bike ride, you might remember how tired you were at the end of it. So this brings up some very interesting follow-up questions about bird migration. How will they keep their stamina if they're flying for so long and how they know that there's like islands to rest? That's a really, really good question. The long distances are really tricky for the birds. They're very exhausting, but they have adapted perfectly to these flights. First of all, they have areas where they do sort of like pit stops. Areas with a lot of food, for example, like the Wadden Islands in the North Sea. You can find them in Germany and in the Netherlands. They have a lot of food available, a lot of mussels, a lot of crabs. So seabirds can find a lot of food there on their flying north and south. So they stop in certain areas. There's also certain areas in Northern Africa with a lot of food availability. And their bodies also have adapted to be as aerodynamic as possible. So most of the time when they're flying these long distances, they don't actually have to flap their wings, but they're mostly gliding. The Arctic tern is the bird that flies the longest distance, but it's not the longest continuous flight because they stop over. But there's a bird called common swift, which can actually spend 10 months non-stop in the air. So they actually just fly and glide for 10 months non-stop. And researchers found this out in a really, really interesting way. They found that out quite recently in the last 10, 20 years by actually using sensors that were developed for smartphones because they're very tiny and these birds are also very tiny. So if you want to, if you put something heavy on them, it's going to have a really big impact. So researchers developed tiny little backpacks with these accelerator trackers, put them on the back of the birds and let them fly and was lucky enough to find these birds back and could read out the data that they collected and found that the common swift spends 10 months in the air. They drink, they eat, they sleep all in the air. They actually only sit down in their nest when they're brooding for about two months in the summertime. And they're actually really helpless on the ground because their legs are so short because they spend so much time in the air, they don't need proper legs, that they're mostly stuck on the ground if they ever land on the ground by accident. We are not completely sure when they sleep, but we think they sleep when they are swirling in either upwinds or downwinds. So they're spiraling and we think they sleep in short bursts of maybe 10, 20 seconds. But here's something else that's interesting. Birds don't have smartphones, They don't have GPS systems in their pockets. So how do they find their way to their migration countries? Birds find their way in a really, really smart way. They actually can use the magnetic field of the Earth, but they can also use the stars and the sun. 
So they're basically really, really smart navigators. Like humans learned to use their stars and compasses on ships back in the day, or still do. Birds do that as well. And it's a really fascinating process that they do. And some of them actually take it to the extreme and fly hundreds of miles. I think the longest commute is, or the longest recorded flight is around 60,000 miles by the Arctic turn. They fly all the way from England to the Antarctic and then return, which is an incredible feat, especially given that the bird usually weighs around 100, 140 grams. So it's a tiny bird flying huge distances all around. So now we know why some birds migrate every year. Thank you to the pupils of St. Nicholas Parochial School in Galway for asking such a great science question. And thank you to biologist Marie Ferg for helping us find the answer. All the birds are singing, what a beautiful day. How did you do your research? Uh, well, I looked at multiple websites because I wanted to see if there was anything else that I could get. But I found a lot on From dust to dawn, we'll go on and on, lighting fires and sing along. My own mind when I see you get that look in your eyes We ain't gonna sleep tonight is The Nature of Things is presented and produced by me, Colette Kinsella It's a red hair media production for RT Radio and it's funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee Say hello, won't you come out and play it?